All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Better Late Than Ever, everybody. Episode two. Here we go. Da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Welcome to the show. I'm going to watch this episode start right now. All right. Welcome to Better Late Than Ever, episode two. I'm Bag Milk here for you, and I got to give a shout out to our friends at Arcadia Brewing. Without you, not possible. Good news for fans of Arcadia. They're going to be reopening for dine-in this week. If you check them out on Instagram, Arcadia Brewing Co., you'll get the details there. Good. Good. I want to give a shout out to everybody that listened to the first episode of this podcast. I know that it was a little bit weird. I know that it wasn't exactly perfect, but the feedback you gave me was very, very valuable. I took it to heart and I'm just going to run through it really quickly. A couple of different things. If the sound on this week's episode does not sound good, please let me know. I asked Tyler for a little bit of advice. He gave me some advice. I'm trying it out. Now, will that actually make a difference? That's what I need you to tell me. Second piece of advice, you guys talked about pacing. Since it's a show where it's just me talking, I tend to ramble. So, pacing, bag milk, make sure that we've got stuff that's entertaining. Make sure that you're still keeping our focus for the entirety of the show. That means no rambling intros. That means no 
going on about what you're trying to do. The point here is that if you're listening to this podcast, you already know who I am. You already know what I'm trying to do. And let's just get to it. So I want to thank everybody that listened and sent me a note. There was a lot of you. Very, very appreciative. So I'm going to take it to heart. I also want to thank guys like Jason Greger and Reed Wilkins for listening to the show. And again, talking about the pacing. They're like, listen, you said a lot of words in that intro about not very much at all. And there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Again, keep the feedback coming in. I want to hear it. The sound, I want to know what it sounds like. I think I may have, at least in my headphones as I'm recording, got rid of the weird, like the high pitch sound that came in and out throughout the podcast. I also think I figured out how to crank up the volume for those of you that were listening with your headphones on. And... That's all I'm going to do for an intro. So this is episode two. There's a lot to talk about tonight or uh, this week in Oilers Nation. A lot going on, despite the fact that there were no games going on. So let's get to the news. Welcome to the news. This is Bagnell reporting live from Castle Bagnell. Welcome to the six o'clock hour. I'm going to turn that down, pretend like I know what I'm doing. How's that? All right, just before I I started recording, just, just before I started recording, word came out that the NHL announced Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will be representing the Oilers at the All-Star game this week, or this year, I should say. Surprised? Did it sneak up on you? It's all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, the All-Star game's coming on. I wonder who's going to make it. It's probably Connor and Leon. And sure enough, there it was. So shout out to Connor and Leon Drysaddle. Well deserved. Both of those dudes, best players in the NHL. There was no question that they were going to be named to the All-Star game. Now, what does that look like in a COVID world? I have no idea. But those two are going. Connor will wear the C, the Captain C for the Pacific Division. Again, Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle representing the Oilers at the All-Star Game. Down in Calgary, Johnny Gaudreau, he gets the nod. I haven't really looked at the rest of the list, if I'm being honest. Like I said, this just came out as I was starting to record. Other news this week was that Mike Smith this morning announced he is hurt again. And I don't know about you guys, but for as much as we were all talking about Smith having a great season last year, this year is just not going his way. The most disappointing part about it is that Smith is unquestionably talented when he's actually able to play, but so far this season he's only played, he's only made six appearances. He was on the shelf with a lower body injury for about two and a half months, came back, didn't necessarily go all that well for him, though I'm not necessarily expecting that a 40 year old's body will hold up quite like we needed it to, though. We'll see what happens. Partially torn tendon in his thumb is what's keeping him on the shelf right now. That means that Mike Smith will be unavailable for the next week or two. The good news, though, is that the Oilers don't really play a whole lot. Yeah! Wait, is that good news? I mean, I guess you can't lose if you don't play, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. 
All right. So we're going <laughs> to, I'm not going to lean on the soundboard all that much. I just, you guys, you guys, your feedback again from episode one is you're making fun of the soundboard. So how could I not push some buttons? But of course, the big story this week, especially at Edmonton, in Edmonton and around the NHL, Oilers Nation, we covered it extensively, was the rumor that Evander Kane was going to be joining the Edmonton Oilers. Before we started the podcast, and I say we as in all of us because I want your thoughts and your feedback on this. I tweeted out, JSBM Bag Milk, about to start recording Better Late Than Never, and I'm looking for your takes. Thoughts on the Holland Presser? Thoughts on the Kane rumors? And three, and most importantly, arguably in my opinion, thoughts on the price of cheese. So we're going to find out who's listening to this podcast as well. But first, we're going to start off with Ken Holland's Presser. Earlier this week, the media requested that Ken Holland speak for a little bit. He hasn't been around for a while since the beginning of the season. I don't think that's necessarily uncommon, to be fair. But Ken Holland did answer some questions. I've got a couple of clips. I'll give you my takes as we go. Personally, I thought the press conference was a little bit... I don't even know. Like, I don't want to sound like a dick. I just thought it was pointless. And I get that the media wanted him to uh, to speak about what's going on with the team. Obviously, things haven't been going that well for a long time. But I don't know necessarily that we should have expected him to say anything groundbreaking, I guess. He did give a vote of confidence to Dave Tippett, which I know annoyed a lot of you. He also gave a lot, a lot, a lot of Detroit references. And if you were paying attention, I set the over under at two and a half for Detroit references. He cleared that. So everybody that bet the over on the Detroit references, you get 2000 bag milk bucks deposited into your imaginary bank account. Those can be spent anywhere that bag milk bucks are accepted. Now, I think for a lot of people, there was some issues with Holland's press conference, not because of necessarily that he didn't say a whole lot. Again, I didn't expect him to say very, very much in that press conference. What I did expect, though, was a lot of Detroit references. And man, did he come through with those. And I just wish that in his third season with the Edmonton Oilers, that those would have tapered off a little bit more. There was a lot of wheeze, in 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 my opinion, when it came to describing things that happened 30 years ago. I don't necessarily think that any of those things are relevant at this point. Again, there was no salary cap at that point. The Detroit Red Wings were able, under Mike Illich, to spend as much as they wanted, really, for a long time. And in some cases, the Red Wings were spending nearly twice as much as the average annual salary in that time, based on what I could find around the internet. So the Detroit references weren't exactly my favorite thing. Again, those are not at all unaccept, uh, uh, unexpected, I should say. And we're going to get to your feedback on the Holland press conference. But let's get to some quotes first. Let's make sure that we all know what we're talking about. There was a couple of things where Holland touched on that I that I agreed with. One was the Oilers are not as bad as the 2-9 and 2 record they've had over the last little bit. I refuse to believe that they're that bad. Though I did have I did take umbrage with some of the other stuff, but we'll get there. So let's play some quotes. The first one is Holland on expecting growth from within the roster or within the dressing room. 
that the depth has to be built internally. The depth, the depth of this organization has to be the growth, the growth of McLeod, the growth of Yamamoto, the growth of uh, Bouchard, the growth of Broberg, the growth of Skinner, the growth of uh, uh, Carter Savoy, the, the growth of Borgo, the growth of uh, Petrov. That's 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 how that's how that's how we did it in Detroit. And when I look around, that's how the best teams do it. It's it's homegrown. It's it's young people. It's being patient. Detroit reference. Uh, again, like that was one of the ones where I don't necessarily disagree with Ken Holland whatsoever. I think that if you look around the NHL, the good teams in this league, they have players that they drafted and developed, and those are the ones that are contributing on their roster. Nobody wins if you rely solely on free agency and trades. You use those things to bolster what you've already got. So in that case, I absolutely agree with Holland. He's right. He's 2000% right. But when the Oilers have lost as many games as they have recently, people were wondering, what about a young guy like Stuart Skinner? Based on what I've seen, I'm just a fan. I'm not saying I'm media. I'm just a fan. I buy tickets. I buy merch. That's what I do. But based on what I saw at this point, at least for me, Stuart Skinner is the best option that they have in net. So when he was asked about Stuart Skinner being called up and maybe carrying more of the load in net, this is what he said. Play the kids, 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 play the kids. Then when the kids make mistakes, we don't like the kids, we don't like the kids, we don't like the kids, get different kids, and the kids go elsewhere, and they have success that you thought they were going to have here. I'd rather wait a little bit too long than move too soon. So, again, there's there's parts of that that I agree with, and there's also parts of that that I don't agree with. At some point, you do not want to throw your prospects in over their head. You don't want to make sure that they're fighting above. You don't want them fighting above their weight class. The last thing you really, really want is for a prospect to come in and lose his confidence. And then all of a sudden the fan base sours on them, which is admittedly Oilers fans. I'm pointing at myself too. We do this sometimes. So there's that part of it that I agree with. However, in the sense of Stuart Skinner, in which the context of that question was asked, I personally believe at this stage, he is giving the Oilers the most consistent goaltending that they've got. Now, I don't necessarily believe that he's going to be a Jordan Bennington situation where he was called up to the Blues a few years back. They went to win the Cup. Well, I mean, I hope so, right? That's the hope. That's always the hope. But I don't necessarily think that that's fair to lump that kind of pressure on Skinner. But what I do think is that if he is providing you the best goaltending that you're getting right now i don't know what is kind of standing in the way of giving him a chance to run with the ball either way when that quote came out this was basically what you all sounded like (laughs) needless to say that press conference was not very popular for a lot of oilers fans and Again, I think that there's a lot of what Ken Holland said that I agree with, but there's also a bunch that I did not agree with. He is taking the approach where they're not going to make a change behind the bench. A lot of us were hoping for something like that. Again, I've I've mentioned this for months now on OilersNation.com, on my social media. Ken Holland has never fired a coach in season before, so I don't know that I expected him to make a change in season with Dave Tippett, though I'm not opposed to it if 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 it merits the chance. But Ken Holland's practice or preaching patience here. And I guess that's just kind of what we got to live with. And what, how are we going to get there? 
Well, again, that goes back to maybe the Oilers aren't as bad as the 2-9-2 and two record. Again, I believe they are not. Some of you disagree with me. If you disagree, let me know what you think because that's what I'm asking. And we'll see what's going to happen. When Ken Holland asked about his patience, he just kind of said, listen, we're going to win. We're going to make our way through this. And I agree with that to a point. Here's the quote. We're going to start to win. Can't say for saying it, but I think we're going to start to win. I believe, I believe in the coach. I believe in the team. I believe in the leadership of the team. Uh, I believe in their determination. Again, there's, there's stuff that I agree with in there. I would love to see more help coming in and we're, maybe that's what we're going to get to with the Evander Kane conversation, but we'll see. At some point, it is on the players to win these games. It is on the players to find a way to score goals. It is on the coach to find a way to get his group rallying in all rowing in the same direction. Will that happen? I really, really don't know. I don't know. But I wanted to end this off with your feedback, which I'm going to get to. But I also thought Tyler Uremchuk, who's been doing some videos on our YouTube page, summed it up quite nicely in a video he did. Go subscribe to the Nation Network YouTube page. We're going to post a lot more content on there these days. And I think that videos like the one Tyler made are very, very good. I think that Tyler's got takes. And I especially like this one he said about, you know what, making the playoffs at this stage... That's just not good enough. That should be the expectation every year that you make the playoffs. But what happens beyond that? Yes, they've been getting to the playoffs, but I don't think that's where the bar should be set for this team. The bar should be winning playoff rounds and going on runs with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So he didn't close the door completely, but it certainly didn't make me feel like it was close to happening or that a coaching change is imminent if they lose one or two more games. On episode one of Better Late Than Ever, I talked to Frank and he said, listen, if you're waiting for one more loss before you fire your coach, that is a decision that's already been made. So just do it. What are you waiting for? And based on that, I agree with Frank. I don't think that there's a coaching change coming, at least not in season. And I mean, unless, who knows though? I'm not, I wouldn't bet the farm against it, but it certainly, certainly seems that way. So I asked on Twitter again before we recorded, what are your thoughts on the Ken Holland presser? So let's get to it. Surveyor Brett says nothing new, reiterated that he shouldn't be a GM in the cap era anymore. Again, that kind of goes to a lot of people are just kind of like, well, yeah, you won in Detroit in these years before the salary cap and, and after, to be fair. Um, but why are you telling those stories? You're an Edmonton Oiler now. You're the head of this organization. Uh, Jason says, I was waiting for Holland to shake his fist and yell, get off my lawn. And I'm not sure there were enough Detroit references. And he's got a smiley face emoji on that one. King of Colas just says out of touch. The bus driver. He says, not impressed. Alex says, same old, same old. Glad he brought up his time in Detroit, though. I was getting worried that he wouldn't. Guy who yells, shoot. Used to be able to give a... Oh, we're talking to... This is a different question. I'm just going through all my tweets here, so I apologize about that one. Brandon says, the press asked for the presser, so it was exactly what I expected. Uh Liberal bias? Is that what this guy's handle is? I guess. Liberal bias just gives a... You know the straight face emoji where the closed eyes and the straight face, it was kind of like, well, 
Hillian Husky says, I wasn't really expecting much since the media wanted to hear from Holland. As for what he said, if he wants to look from within, he should let Tippett know to play the kids more, or at least play the players that are doing well and not bank on some of the vets he keeps playing. Jonathan says, at least he was on time for his presser. Well, that's true. Ben just says, sigh. Marcel just says, bad. And there you go. So there's the feedback on the Ken Hall impressor. Again, a lot of people were upset by it. I wasn't necessarily surprised at all, really. He kind of said what I thought he would, which was not a whole lot. But he was asked things like, do you believe in second chances? Obviously, the Vander Kane rumors were swirling around at that point. Nothing kind of got to where it got, I guess, later in the day where Tim Peel from DailyFaceOff.com said, Vander Kane will be an Edmonton Oiler. It's just a matter of time when. So that kicked off a hornet's nest. So that came after the, uh, that came after the Ken Holland pro- uh, press conference. So when it comes to Evander Kane, my thoughts on it are certainly this is a player that will help you on the ice. He is unquestionably a top six winger in the NHL. There is no question about his skill. There is no question about what he does on the ice. Now, with that said, everything else is where I have questions. There have been extensive off-ice allegations that I don't know that you can just ignore. I don't think that you can just point at those and go, well, whoopsie do. You know, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's the approach here. And for me, I said this on the Real Life Podcast. I do not believe in the case of Evander Kane that the juice is worth the squeeze. Will he help you on the ice? Unquestionably. But will he bring some of the alleged issues that have carried, that have followed him through Buffalo and Winnipeg and San Jose into the Oilers dressing room? I don't know. I'm not in there. And I just don't know that I feel like it's worth the risk. I don't know that it's worth the risk. And while some folks have said, well, if he comes into Edmonton, I'll be on his best behavior for certain. I don't know that, I still don't know that it's worth the risk. And then Evander, uh, then Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, he broke the news that Kane could be facing NHL discipline for the alleged COVID protocol violations. He was already suspended for 21 games earlier in the season for providing a fraudulent vaccine passport or a vaccine card or proof of vaccination, whatever you want to call it. He already took the suspension there. And then there was the other stuff that came afterwards. Frank Saravalli over at Daily Faceoff posted the memo that the NHL sent, and I encourage you to go over to dailyfaceoff.com and read that, about the investigation that's going on. Not just with the NHL, but teams are now, they've got pause. There was upwards of 15 to 20 teams, according to Saravalli, since or 15 to 20 teams that were that were kicking tires at the very, very least, some more interested than others. But I don't know. I don't know. Do you sign a guy knowing he's going to be suspended? Again, this is just me guessing. I have no idea what's going on. I'm not going to pretend I know anything. But if you were suspended for 21 games earlier in the season for a fraudulent vaccine card, what happens if the NHL does this independent investigation on the alleged COVID violations around two? What happens then? Do you sign a guy and then he's just suspended for 40, for 40 games? 
I don't know how this works. I have no idea. Personally, I don't think the baggage is worth what you get the player on the ice. That's just my opinion. Going back to your feedback, again, I wanted to know what you guys thought. That's what I wanted to know. Surveyor Brett chimed in. The NHL may have saved us from our own desperation on this one. Again, that is the independent investigation that's going on. Jason says, I'm just not crazy about it. Uh, King of Cola says, as if this team needs any more bad press. Uh, the bus driver says, I'll take Kane, but the fact that we need him is an indictment on everyone in the organization. Alex says, hurts to say, but I'm for it. Guy can score as much needed grit and would be cheap. Brandon says, perfect player for the Oilers. Person has issues, but I feel like it's also more to the story than we are missing. Not forgiving anything or making an excuse for him. That's from Brandon. Uh, Liberal Bias just says, fuck no. Helene Husky says, would not want him here because it will bring bad press, but he actually does come here. Might as well go in on being the heels of the NHL. Jonathan says, don't. Ben says, yikes. Marcel says, bad. And, uh, late fiends? I don't know. I've never, I've, I've read this last name a bunch of times, but I don't know how to say it. So is late fiends, F-I-E-N-N-E-S, says, all the Oilers fans defending it would be dunking on Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto if they were doing this. It's a bad look on the franchise that has had more than its share over the last 15 years. So for the Oilers fans, it's very, very split. And I think that's kind of what I did not expect. I thought more people would be in my camp where it was kind of like, I don't know that the skill he brings on the ice is worth the distraction off the ice, but I don't know. I don't know. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, Connor McDavid was asked about Evander Kane, and he was asked, first of all, there's a clip going around on Twitter right now, and McDavid's taking some heat on it. Happy birthday, by the way, Connor. 25 years old, best player in the NHL, captain of the Oilers. I love him. You love him. There's a clip going around from the Tim and, uh, Tim and Friends show, and they posted it. His his answer was weird. And I'm just going to be honest. I thought his answer was weird. But what if you watch the full availability, that was probably at that point the f- second or third time he was asked about Kane. And I don't know that it was fair to keep asking him that. And the answer wasn't good. I'm not going to say that the answer was good. But I also don't know that it was fair to ask him as many times. So the, one of the first times he was asked, this is what he said about Evander Kane. You know, truthfully, I don't think that's a bridge we need to really cross until, uh, until, um, you know, something is, is, is more official. You know, right now it's all speculation and, um, you know, obviously, uh, Evander's an amazing player and, um, you know, he's had uh, lots of success over the last couple of years and, you know, whatever, whatever else is, uh, has been going on is not really something that, uh, I, I look into much. I don't particularly, again, I don't particularly like the answer, but I do understand that Connor was asked a bunch of times. I do wish that the Oilers didn't put him in that situation and gave him some more guidance on what an answer should be. If that's even a thing, I have no idea. The interesting thing about this for me, and again, all these allegations are alleged. Um, uh, many of them are alleged. And what's interesting for me is that there's a lot of Oilers fans defending the move but some of them are also the same ones that said Taylor Hall was a problem in the room and he had to go. So there was no confirmation on any of the Taylor Hall stuff. There's plenty of stories you can read of alleged 
incidents with Vander Kane over the years that maybe you want to check out. I don't know. I don't know. As I'm recording this on January 13th at 6 o'clock, I don't know where this is going to go. Do you sign a player knowing that he could face an extended suspension from the NHL? Do you do that? I don't know that you do. I don't know that you do. And for me, I just don't think that it's worth it. I just don't think that it's necessarily going to help matters by creating another distraction around a team that doesn't need them right now. I don't, I don't think it's worth the hassle. I don't think the player, in my opinion, deserves this chance. Not here. That's just my opinion. If you're different, if you have different thoughts on it, hit me up, JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. It seems like the Oilers are all over this thing. Every insider in the league, Frank Saravalli, Elliot Friedman, Darren Dreger, they're all saying the Oilers are all over this. Will it actually happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. But what I do know is that there's a lot of people that are upset about it. There's a lot of people that are for it. And we're going to actually see what happens when the dust settles. How long is this investigation from the league going to take? What is the suspension going to look like? What is the punishment going to be? Optically, do you even want the hassle? Again, personally, in my opinion, the alleged off-ice situation is not worth the hassle to me. I don't necessarily think it's worth it, despite the fact that Vander Kane would undoubtedly, unquestionably help off the ice. Or on the ice, I should say. Off the ice, definitely not a help. On the ice, sure. Sure, he'll help. Again, hit me up. JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. We're working through better late than never for our friends at Arcadia Brewing. That's the news. It's time now to get to the voicemail. Lots of comments coming in. Turn this down a little bit. Lots, lots of comments coming in in the voicemail. Thank you guys so much for hitting me up with your voicemail messages. I appreciate all of you. I want to make sure that you have your voices heard. That's what this podcast is about. Go to the article on OilersNation.com. The link will be in there, how you can leave a voicemail. Go to my social media. Again, JSB and Bag Milk on Twitter. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. The link's going to be there. Let's get to the voicemail. This one's the first one up. Again, if you do not know how this works, if you missed episode one, I don't really listen to these beforehand. If you say something outrageous that I don't think is appropriate, I'm just going to cut it out and post. But this is my first reaction to all of these things. Let's go with the first one. We already have a really good skill set on our team with two of the best players in the world. Agreed. My biggest problem with this potential Evander Kane signing is the fact that when you're an NHL GM, which I'm not, I think you have to weigh out all of the variables. 
which okay. include pros and cons. And I think that the cons will far outweigh the pros that Evander Kane will bring to the table. We are in a situation where we need to be winning yep. right now. Yep. And I don't think that it would be unfair to assume that we've paid our dues and we've done our time. So when they're looking at a player like Evander Kane, or really any player on the market, we should be looking at it from the perspective of how are they going to help us win games right now and get closer to a Stanley Cup right now? I agree. That's how you should evaluate every player. I think a big part of that, and this I'm seeing now this voicemail goes on for another two minutes, so I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I agree. You need to make sure that you're evaluating, first of all, what happens on the ice, which no question, Evander Kane would help on the ice, but I also think you need to evaluate what happens off the ice. What kind of scenario are you bringing into the team you're going to? And I, I play as a joke because it's the voicemail. I play the circus music leading into this segment, and I don't know that bringing in a guy like that with the, the cloud that allegedly, in my opinion, surrounds him, is necessarily what we need to be doing. Here's clip two. Hey, Bag Milk. Um, having trouble finding your new podcast. Um, I don't use Apple Podcasts and I can't find it. Is that just because it's not quite up and running yet? Or is it only going to be available on certain platforms? Can you maybe address that today on the show? I'll see if I can find it right off of Twitter. Uh, really a big fan. Um, very disgusted Oiler fan right now. It's about time that Mike Smith maybe does what uh, the coach did in Winnipeg and realize he just can't do it anymore and do what's best for the team and retire. I'm hoping Duncan Keith does that next year too because nobody can convince me that that guy has lived up to the bill of $5.75 million or wherever he works. He's soft. He gives the puck up. Um, bad signing, and it, it's coming back to haunt us. Um there's a whole bunch of goalie trouble in other teams. Why haven't the Oilers tried to jump on a trade, even just for draft picks for Miko and just run with Skinner and Konwalov? It's not like it can get any worse. Just some thoughts. So the first question there is, where do you find the podcast? So Spotify is up there. Google Podcast is up there. It's going to be going up on the Nation Network YouTube. Subscribe to that. I beg of you. We're going to have a lot more content going up there over the coming days, weeks, and months. Apple Podcasts, though, if you are an Apple guy, which I am, I don't know why I haven't got it there. I was doing some reading. It seems like I need maybe to have more than one episode in the can before it goes up on Apple Podcasts. So I'm hoping that with episode two, that's what's going to happen. As for the goaltending, uh, Mike Smith has still got another year on his contract. Why that is, I don't know. Again, throwing back to episode one, Frank Saravalli said no other team was going to offer him the second year. So why did the Oilers do it? I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Why are you bullying me? You know, I just don't have the answer sometimes. So we'll see what happens. I don't know that running Skinner and Konovalov is necessarily going to help. Let's let's be honest. Konovalov, we don't know what he is at the NHL level. He's still cutting his teeth at the AHL level. So I don't know why I don't want to depend on him to get us wins in a must-win season. What I think is going to happen is we know that Mike Smith's hurt again. I think it's going to be Miko According to Jason Greger, he thinks Miko is going to get the game t on Saturday against Ottawa, provided they continue that it actually happens. I think Skinner will get more games, but looking at the other schedule, it's also pretty light over the next little bit. COVID postponements. Let's get to the next voicemail. Hey, Big Milk. Um, I was just uh, making a comment. I 
I really enjoyed the first episode of the podcast, and it's always good to have someone else to pass the time with, someone else to listen to. I just gotta say, there was something, some sort of background noise during that last one, like a, a high-pitched noise, and it was just driving me nuts. If you could figure out what that is and fix that, that would be great. So what I think that one was is I thought, I think that I was recording the podcast too like the microphone, I would think I was recording it too hot in bringing it into the software that I use. I think that according to Tyler, I should be cranking up the volume of the podcast after I've done recording rather than before. So let me know if you still hear it on episode two, which is this one. I'm trying a different approach. Let me know. Episode, uh, here's clip three. Bag milk. I need help understanding how our organization went from a player like Ethan Bear, who was so beloved by much of the fan base, to now bringing in a player like Evander Kane, who is such a reclamation project, which I don't understand why we're still bringing. Like, I get the offense side of things, but still, it's just, can you, can you help my mind and ease things for me? Is that possible, please? I don't know either. That's my boy Waz. Uh, follow Waz. Everything he does at Weathers Nation, he runs our Instagram, he runs our TikTok. Waz does a lot of great stuff around the network. I don't know what the answer to that is, Waz. It's a good question. We talked about play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. I played that clip a little bit earlier. And if they make a mistake, we don't like the kids. Well, we, a lot of us, we all liked Ethan Bear, understood he made a mistake in the playoffs. I don't know that trading him away was what any of us wanted. And if we're talking about character players, people that matter in the community, Ethan Bear is one of those. So why that happens, Waz, I don't know, man. Your guess is as good as mine. Next one. Hey, Bag Milk. Been a fanboy of the nation and you for 10 years now? A decade? Fuck, we're getting old. Anyway, I have a submission for your fancy soundboard. You can use this to get amped up when things are going well for Nuge, when Frank is a good boy. Here it is. Let's go, baby. Because, you know, milk. Let's go, baby. (laughs) (sighs) I like you guys a lot. I really, really do. I like you guys a lot. That one is, I just, I don't know. I just like it. It's like it. I, I, I like it. Thank you. Right. Maybe I will save that clip for the soundboard. Next clip on the voicemail. Hey, bag milk. This is Presto in Regina, Saskatchewan. I think I sent you an email or a message without my email. I'm just going to reiterate that I do think a coaching change might help. Just watch the defensive system. All five guys out of position, wingers too low, nobody picking up the guy in the high slot, too many grade-A chances, defensemen behind the net together or on the same side of the ice together. Bring up Woodcroft and Manson and release Tippett and Playfair. Give them a chance. Yamamoto has to go. Nine out of 13 games with not a shot on net with the best setup man in the league. Maruti has earned a chance. Bring him up already. Um, we have four defensemen that are all, I believe, left-sided that are all needing to be broken in right now. Samarukov, Nimalainen, Broberg, and Bouchard. One of them has to go to bring in a guy like Chikrin who has 200 games experience. He's still young. He's tough to play against, and he's signed long-term. Um, we do need a goalie, but I do think if you improve the team defense and get rid of the guys wide open in our slot consistently, you will see our numbers go up. Every team should be built from the back end out. The Oilers are built from center ice in. Go Oilers. Um, starting to lose faith in this organization daily. Hope we can turn it around. Keep up the good work. 
Uh, first thing is Evan Bouchard is actually right-handed, so he fits into an organizational depth chart that is a little bit shallow on the right end. What I do agree with you for, with you though is we do have some prospects that need to be broken in, and there's starting to be a logjam on the left side in the, on the defensive depth chart. I would love, I would love nothing more than to see the Oilers get a guy like Chikrin. He is the player that I want. I want other, I want another team to develop a guy like that. I want the Coyotes to put in the hard work and then we reap the rewards. How many times have the Oilers done that? How many times have the Oilers done that? But will we make a move like that? I don't know. Doesn't seem like we will. But again, I don't know. Next clip. A lot of people are interested in Evander Kane. I just wanted to get it out of the way. I'm personally not. Um, listening to the podcast, I do agree with you guys that he is a toxic trait to have in the locker room, just based off the amount of teams he's been with. Uh, but I'm assuming your opinion is going to be the same, but what are you gathering or hearing, uh, about Evander Kane potentially joining the Oilers? And if Ken Holland decides to make a move on him, what do you think the potential outcome is for the team uh, with already what seems to be questionable chemistry. What I, the latest as of this morning, which is we're we're Thursday, January thirteenth. The Oilers are very much at the top of the pile of teams that are interested in Evander Kane. Well, now, does that mean that he actually comes here? I don't know. There are tweets out there again, from Tim Peel, like the likes of Tim Peel from dailyfaceoff.com that says it's basically done. The Oilers are in. Evander Kane's going to be an Oiler. What does it look like? I'm just hoping that it is a contract that takes him to the end of the year. Again, this is assuming it does happen. I don't believe it should, but assuming it does, I believe, I, I hope the contract is just till the end of the year, and then he can go find another team that will take him on. Two more clips in the voicemail to go. Let's go. Hey, Big Milk. Long-time listener, second-time caller. A uh, question about blogging. Uh, how long did it take until you started to feel comfortable and hit your stride while writing? Did it come immediately, or did it take a couple of years until you hit that point? You're like, yeah, I'm actually kind of good at this. Thanks, and have a great podcast, and look forward to listening every single week. That's my boy, Angus. You can find him at jetsnation.ca. He also runs the Jets Nation Instagram account. To answer the question, I don't even think I'm that good of a blogger at all. There would be a lot of people that would agree with you. I mean, if you want somebody that's technically proficient in what they do, that is not me. But what I do do is I can talk about the Oilers with passion. I love this hockey team. Never in my life will I pretend that I am a, a a journalist. I don't pretend I'm the media. I am one of you guys. That's what this podcast is about. I'm just a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't know why anybody would suggest otherwise. So how long did it take? Years. Years. I still don't think I'm good. I'm very, very much in, of the opinion that if you have takes, if you have the ability to say stuff about your favorite team or whoever you're covering and be passionate about it and stick to your opinion, that people will either agree with you or disagree with you. And both of those things is good. Both of those things is fine. That's what you want. You want to have interaction. You want to have a following in the sense that you can start a podcast by yourself in your house and you get a page full of voicemails to play because people want to participate with you. That's what you want. 
when did I get good? I'm, I'm not good. I'm not very good at all. What did I do? What do I do is I work hard. I knock out content. I keep trying different ideas and I'm not afraid to fail. If you can bring in some of that into your life, Angus, I promise you your career as a blogger, if that's what you want to do, by the way, your career as a blogger will, 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 will advance from there. Don't be afraid to fail. Keep writing. If you have opportunities, consider them, take them. I did so much stuff for Oilers Nation for free before I ever got on staff just because it was something that I would have been doing anyway. Now, I was very, very fortunate, so don't get me wrong. I had a job at the time. I had extra time in the evenings. So doing something about the Oilers was something I would have done anyway on my own. I just happened to have the opportunity to do it with Oilers Nation, and it turned into something. So my advice here, keep getting your at-bats in. You, you will fail. You will suck. I still suck. I still fail. People tell me off more than Jesus Christ himself. But you know what? I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to take swings. I'm not afraid to take chances. Last vo- voicemail for episode two, Better Late Than Never. Again, the the link for my voicemail will be in the article. I'll also be posting that on my social media. Tyler Yoremchuk is so fucking sexy. <laughs> Okay. One more time. Tyler Yoremchuk is so fucking sexy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. Tyler Yoremchuk. I hope you hear this, buddy. I hope somebody clips this and just tweets it at Tyler. I got, <laughs> I got to hear that for a third time. One more. Tyler Yoremchuk is so fucking sexy. Mm. Good for you, Tyler. Good for you, Tyler. I like that a lot. He is sexy. Tyler Remchuk is sexy. So the last question that I asked you guys on Twitter for today before we wrap up this uh, second episode of Better Late Than Never, thoughts on the price of cheese? I don't know why I've become obsessed with this lately, but as an adult, I realize now how much money in cheese I ate when I was a child. Now that I have to buy it by myself, I'm really upset by the price of cheese. So I was wanting to know your thoughts on the price of cheese. Surveyor Brett chimes in. Got to go to Safeway for the eight ninety nine block of cheese every time. A deal every week. Jason says, only at Costco when it's on sale. Alex says, I will pay any price for good cheese. Amen. Good for you. I will also pay any price for good cheese. Uh, Brandon says, delicious cheeses should be cheaper. Cheese should always be cheaper. And you know what else should be cheaper? Beef jerky. Those two things should always be cheaper. A uh, guy who yells shoot used to be able to get a big block of Armstrong's cheese and sometimes it would be on sale for eight bucks and those were the good days. Then one day the blocks got smaller but the price stayed the same. Deep down we knew that day was coming. It's just a damn shame is all. <laughs> uh, King of Colas just says too damn high. I agree. I agree. The Old Boys Club says I could do a few hours on the price of cheese, buddy. Again, the Old Boys Club, if you follow him on Twitter, he has a Basil's two-for-one pizza out in Leduc. Check it out. Their stuff is delicious. So he is talking about that from a place of experience. Jonathan says we'll pay any price for feta. I too love feta. If I'm going to confess something to you here and now, which I will, sometimes I just break off a little chunk of feta. I'll pop that in my mouth. I had it in salads, I had it in wraps, I had it in eggs. I love feta. Uh, liberal bias. 
I would do anything for a chunk of Grana Padano right now. Anything. What's Grana Padano? I'm probably I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Hang on. I'm gonna Google Grana Padano. Grana Padano is a cheese originating in the Po River Valley of northern Italy and is similar to a Parmigiano. Oh, okay, I can get down with that. I can absolutely get down with that. I will take that any day of the week. I will take that any day of the week. Ben just says, outrageous. Marcel just says, bad. And late fiends, fines. Cheese is delicious. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. With that, I'm going to, I'm going to bring to you a new request for next week's podcast. Unless something happens this week, in which case I'll jump in for a 10, 15 minute emergency podcast. Next week, I'm asking you, give me your grocery deals. Let's make this podcast something where we all as adults or kids, you know, whatever. Let's make this something where we find each other deals that we can bank on. We could save a couple of shekels. If cheese is on sale, I want to know about it. This past week, I tweeted about it. Pizza Pops at Safeway were two for one for a box of four. You know how many boxes I bought? You know how many boxes I bought? Do you know how many boxes I bought? A lot. I bought a lot of cheese. So with that, we're going to end this off. We're going to say goodbye. It was a busy week for Oilers. Check out all the content at Oilers Nation. I'm cranking it out. Zach's cranking it out. Cam's cranking it out. Gregor's there. Brownlee's there. The whole gang's there. Sid will have articles this weekend. Random thoughts. Here's hoping that on Saturday we actually have a game to watch. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm banking on. I've missed the Oilers, even though this season hasn't been great. I still miss them anyway. And thank you guys so much for listening. Please keep hitting me up with the feedback. Let me know how the sound goes. Let me know how the pacing went this week. Let me know everything you're thinking about Better Late Than Never, because this is not just my podcast. This is your podcast. And of course, I want to thank our friends at Arcadia Brewing. Without them, this is not possible. Thank you so much for stepping on as a sponsor of the podcast. Thank you for believing in me, even though I had no idea what this was going to be. You signed in for day one, and for that, I appreciate you. And I want to remind you, Arcadia is back open on Friday, which is tomorrow, January 14th. If you haven't been there, get down, have something to drink, have something to eat. They are fine, fine folks, and I could not be happier to have them on as the podcast for Better Late Than Never. Subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Hopefully when episode two goes up, that'll be live there as well. I'll be tweeting the links. I'll be putting them on the website. Thank you for following along. This is episode two of Better Late Than Never. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.